You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. Uh, you'll notice that uh, I don't sound very much like your normal host, Joseph Whalen. Uh, he is off on a little bit of well-deserved uh, vacay time, and so I am happy to uh, have the honor of taking his seat in the studio just for this week. My name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host for the next hour for this episode 141 uh, of the Canadians Connection. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in, joined in the studio by my co-host, who is the founder and president and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, and that's Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fine. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Canadians Ooh. Connection. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, you know, you and I typically meet every uh, every Tuesday to co-host the Press Zone podcast over at the AHL Report. But um, I, I know I told Joseph and everyone that I have big shoes to fill today, sitting in the uh, the hosting seat for Canadians Connection. So I'll I'll try to do him proud. Joseph is off with family on vacation exploring uh, Western Newfoundland and and uh, culminating in in uh, Sunday uh, he's spending time with his family and that includes his dad uh, so uh, a real nice Father's Day uh, for the Whalen family and uh, we miss Joe but we're certainly glad that uh, you're here and uh, an experienced journalist an experienced podcaster and an experienced wow. voiceover artist we're uh, wow. just happy to have you here. Flattery will get you everywhere. I guess you know that already. <laughs> no, thank you very much. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I, as I said, I will try to. Uh, I have big shoes to fill, um, but I feel that I need to take over uh, and and emulate Joseph the best as I can. Uh, and so I will do that today. Uh, of course, it also means that um, naturally I will need to uh, be the next champion in our All Habs Fantasy Sports League mm. um, because if I'm supposed to really emulate Joseph, then I'm going to need to do that in all aspects. So I, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a burden. It's a it's a weight I'm willing to bear uh, by by carrying the mantle of champion so uh, the the two of you do have a pretty competitive <laughs> rivalry in in our, our all habs fantasy sports leagues we do we do it's all in good fun it really is um joseph is also our uh 
our for Rocket Sports. He's our he's our NBA guy. He's a big basketball fan. He's a big Toronto Raptors fan. Uh, and as he and and the rest of NBA fans know, uh, the second round of the NBA playoffs, uh, the conference semifinals, is in full swing, and uh, the action really increases from game to game. You know, this is where the contenders are separated from the uh, the pretenders, as we like to say. And to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, uh, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's right. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And the best part is that it's free to play. Uh, DraftKings free to play pools are, are really easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, you go to pools, and you choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games, and then track your results through the evening. Now, questions will range from which team will hit the most threes, or which team will score first. Now, listen, if you're an NBA fan, then DraftKings is for you. If you're an NHL fan, DraftKings is for you. If you're an MLB fan, or fan of tennis, or golf, or any. That's where you can find uh, the most fun in, in daily fantasy sports on DraftKings. But the important thing is that DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the, dra- the top-rated DraftKings app now uh, and use promo code THPN when you sign up. Uh, that way you'll get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And again, use promo code THPN. That stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Canadians Connection is a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, bringing you special uh, offers with our sponsor, DraftKings, is just one way uh, that we're able to give you some benefits of being uh, a listener for one of the Hockey Podcast Network's affiliated programs. One of the other benefits is we have contests from time to time. And uh, as I understand, we had a contest uh, oh, a few weeks back, and it uh, was for a brand new Canadians jersey. And one of our fans uh, mm-hmm. in the Vancouver area won the contest and is expecting delivery this weekend of her Ooh. brand new Tyler Toffoli jersey. Nice. Courtesy of DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. Love it. Hopefully she posts a pic on uh, social media so we can all see. Mm-hmm. So we can all see it. Uh, so we have lots to talk about today here on the Canadians Connection. I mean, a little birdie told me there's a little bit of Habs news that happened in the last day, week, a you bit. know, a little bit. Uh, so here's here's the rundown. Here's what we're going to cover today. First, we're going to take a look at the first three games of this Montreal-Vegas uh, series and just give you a brief uh, review and refresher of what happened uh, this week in those three games. Um, we're also going to get you up to speed on any roster news like injury updates and so forth. Uh, we're going to, of course, talk a bit about the prospects uh, and give you an update on what's happening with them. We've got some news about uh, Otto Leskinen, Lucas Vedemo. We've also got some news about the Canadians' new ECHL affiliate in Trois Rivières. So we'll catch you ca- get you caught up uh, with everything related to the prospect side of things. Um, you know, and then speaking of injuries, we're, we're going to talk a bit about uh, this, this 
kind of really shocking news that came out uh, yesterday with Dominic Ducharme suddenly uh, being forced to isolate after having a confirmed positive COVID-19 test result. Uh, We're going to talk about that, uh, everything surrounding that and kind of the ripple effect of of what that's done in the past 24 hours for the Canadians and for this series. Uh, And then we'll wrap up our first segment with just uh, some more general playoff news and notes around the league. Um, Talk a bit about uh, fan capacities and attendance uh, for this series, both at the Bell Center and at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Uh, The results of the annual NHLPA Players Poll is out. We want to just briefly touch on some interesting items that came out in that. Uh, Of course, we would be uh, remiss to not uh, talk a bit about the finalist for the Jim Gregory Award for GM of the Year, of which uh, Mark Bergevin is a, a member of that group of finalists. Um, and then in our in our second segment, uh, we are going to hit on the big topic. And that really is what a what an unlikely um, and pleasantly surprising playoff run this has been for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, how did we get here? Uh, what's what's been the what's been the stability? the stabilizing factor, what's been the consistent factor that's that's pulled them through every series in this postseason to get us to where we're at today, uh, which is the Habs leading the series two to one. Uh, and then finally, in our final segment, of course, we always like to let you have your say. Uh, so we have a bit of uh, news about some some items regarding the fans and, and you making your voices heard. Uh, Rick will uh, share with us a, an interesting piece of, of fan correspondence he received this week. And of course, we'll get you all set up for what's ahead uh, in the week ahead for the Canadians uh, and, and get you all ready to enjoy the second half of this semifinal series. It's a great show. It is a great show. So uh, let's let's start. Before we go forward, let's just look. We'll glance quickly in the rearview mirror. But we won't focus on the past too long. Uh, let's just take a quick look at. How did we get to this point this week? So the series started off, of course, in Vegas. It was uh, the first time uh, since early. Spring last year that the Canadians traveled south, crossed that international border between Canada and the U.S. Uh, to to play a game south of the border. It's the first time that they've played in front of a full house uh, since last May and t- or March in 2020. Um, and would it be a factor? Would it be a difference maker? Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were heavy favorites. Uh, and of course, uh, yes, the first game certainly was uh, a something that was a bit out of sorts for the Canadians. Uh, Vegas was dominant coming coming out of the gate, heavy on the forecheck, strong on their zone entries, uh, penetrating deep into the zone, and Shea Theodore managed to snap the Canadians' um, streak of going seven games without ever trailing. Uh, he got the Golden Knights on the board first. Uh, Martinez then followed up with the game winning, the eventual game winning goal, as well as Yanmark and Holden. Actually, three defensemen scored goals for Vegas that night. Uh, it was not a good outing for the Canadians. Um, the fans in the building, I mean, it's 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 incomparable what they're able to do, both the fans and the theatrical production there there in Vegas. The one positive for the the Habs uh, out of that game, Cole Caulfield scored his first career NHL playoff goal, and to uh, make it even nicer because they were stateside his family was there in person to see that happen so uh, a nice moment for the Caulfield family um 
So could the Habs bounce back from that? Could the Habs come in and make a statement in in the second game? And uh, actually, that's exactly what they did. Vegas had a slow start to start game two, despite being uh, in front of a a packed and uh, excited home crowd. Uh, And Yoel Armia was able to get that much-coveted first goal uh, of the game. And it's been proven. The Habs have played their best in the playoffs when they score first. And so Tyler Toffoli and Paul Byron also added to that tally. The the Habs eventually won that game 3-2, to two, evened up the series to bring it back to Montreal, where then uh, it became a best-of-five series. And uh, Montreal then shifted to have the home ice advantage. Um, now, quite frankly, Game 3, uh, despite it being a Habs victory, the Montreal had no business winning this game. Uh, they were not in it from the start. Vegas had a mission of coming out and uh, getting a much better start than they had in, in Game 2, and that's exactly what they executed. Uh, Montreal could not find their way to the net at all. They were massively outshot by the by Vegas uh, in the first and second periods, um, and Despite the fact that they were able to get on the board with another, uh, with a breakaway goal by Cole Caulfield, uh, things were looking pretty dire and the minutes were ticking down and it was just a misplay of the puck by Marc-Andre Fleury with a minute and 55 seconds left in the game. They were less than two minutes away from taking a 2-1 series lead. He mishandles the puck uh, behind the net, uh, leaves it wide open for Josh Anderson, who uh, easily taps it in to tie the game and then it's Josh Anderson finding the back of the net off of a, a great setup from Kakanyemi and Byron to win it for the Habs in overtime. And here we are. The Habs are going into game four with a 2-1 series lead over the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, it's, uh, I think if anything, the theme of this playoffs when when it comes to Montreal, Rick, is expect the unexpected. <laughs> very, very, very much so. It's, uh, it's very unlikely that they're in the position leading two games to one. Um, you know, there was some similarities between the first three games, and that is that the the Vegas Golden Knights uh, dominated for 40 minutes of each of those first three games, uh, just a different uh, 40 minutes. In uh, game one, uh, it was a good first 20 for uh, Montreal, but they didn't score. Then um, uh, Vegas took over uh, for the rest of the game. Second game, it was a good first uh, period for Montreal again. They did score, and then it was uh, Vegas who dominated the last two periods but uh, couldn't catch up. And then um, Vegas was committed to coming out better in Game 3. They did that, and did they ever. 17-3 um, to three were the shots in the mm-hmm. first period. Uh, before you mentioned the Cole Caulfield goal, uh, shots were 22 to four at that point for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, after 40 minutes, shots were 30 to eight for uh, Vegas. Uh, they were they were dominant. Uh, but uh, Carey Price uh, kept them close and uh, in in each of the three games, as he's done throughout the playoffs, and just keeping them close enough to be within striking range. And that's exactly what happened last night. Certainly doesn't make things boring for anyone watching at <laughs> <No>. home. <laughs> you you really can't. Uh, this is one of those uh, playoff uh, years where you really can't assume anything until the final horn act- actually blows. Um, one of the comments to our, and we'll talk about our uh, the ways you can be involved, and and but certainly our our. Uh, fi- Fan page on Facebook has been um, very popular with uh, with Habs fans from all over the world, 
And one of the comments last night, it was, thank you. I was on the edge of my futon the entire game. <laughs> the edge of a futon isn't very comfortable, so I, I'm sure they were grateful to, to get to relax a little bit. <laughs> um also, um, taking a look at last week, in case you in case you missed it, uh, Joe Whalen, although he is vacationing right now, he will, of course, be back on the pages of allhabs.net tomorrow with his weekly column of uh, choosing his three stars of the week. Uh, last week, Joe selected Tyler to Foley. Um, I wonder who's going to choose this week. He's uh, there's there there's a couple of different contenders to choose from for sure, um, but you're going to have to wait till tomorrow to find out. So be sure you uh, keep an eye on allhabs.net tomorrow for Joe's three stars of the week uh, to see who he has selected for his first star of all. Every Sunday, his three uh, stars column comes out. Every Monday, it's uh, Chris G with his notepad, kind of a comprehensive capsule of news. Um, Every game day, you have uh, a game preview put together by myself and Sam Gerber. After the game is a really comprehensive game report. You can find uh, everything in, in that that you need to know, whether it's stats, whether it's quotes, whether it's three stars, whether... It's a description of the action. Uh, everything's there for you. Highlights as well. Yeah, watch uh, highlights. For sure. Um, and uh, you need to go to allhabs.net uh, for uh, all, of, all of your uh, um, Canadians' needs uh, in uh, keeping track of this playoff uh, run that they're on right now. That's right. And also, uh, remember to follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at Habs Connection. Uh, and be sure to visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, news of the day. Let's start with an injury report. Uh, and there is some. there are some things to, to talk about there. Jake Evans, uh, of course, uh, rehabbing from concussion sin, uh, symptoms uh, after... The uh, the hit that he took from Mark Shifley in the Winnipeg series. Um, good news is he is at the point in his recovery that he is now practicing with the team. Bad news is he's still wearing a non-contact jersey. So uh, he's not been cleared to play yet. He, uh, as of yesterday, wasn't wasn't ready to, to get back into game action. But, Rick, I think it's pretty encouraging uh, to see that he's at least practicing with the team again and not on a separate sheet of ice anymore. Uh, so, so things seem to be trending in the right direction for him. For sure. Concussions unpredictable, particularly as Jake has had multiple concussions, but a great sign to have him back practicing with the team. Um, he was having a really good playoff and, and injects some energy, uh, so we'll see if he can get back into the lineup soon. Uh, game two saw John Merrill return to the lineup after going seven games of, of being out with an undisclosed injury. Um, with Merrill coming into the lineup uh Drawing in under the third pairing with Eric Gustafson, that meant that Alexander Romanoff was relegated back to the press box, uh, once again being a healthy scratch. I don't understand this. I I honestly don't. Um, particularly, John Merrill did not look terrific in game two or three, um, but even going further than that, Eric Gustafson has looked worse. Um, Gustafson, I mean, if, if you want to look at it, he played seven minutes uh in, in game three, uh, two of those were on the power play. So five minutes of even strength time. I don't understand why you wouldn't give that time to Alexander Romanoff. Um, 
he he's playing more confident. He's more effective. If you missed the hit he put on Petrangelo uh, the other night in, in game one, then you, you must not have been paying attention because I think the entire building felt that hit on Petrangelo. Um, it's uh, Rick, it's a little bit of a curious head scratcher for me, but it just seems to weigh, seems to be the way things are going when it comes to uh, to Romanoff's uh, management so far this year. In, in the playoffs, at least. Uh, you'd wonder about Brett Kulak. He's also a healthy scratch. Played in game one, but um, didn't play well uh, mm-hmm. in, in that game. He had a rough game. Um, but but it, it's Romanoff that um, is so curious. Played 54 of the 56 games. Uh, looked pretty good in, in uh, game one. Uh, in about 10 minutes of ice time. Uh, he was um, he was hitting. He was taking hits to make plays. He didn't look out of place. He didn't look overwhelmed by the situation, and uh, looked like uh, the, 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 his physical play was exactly what the Canadians needed. And as you said, um, you know, it, it's been it's been tough. Mer- Merrill looked better, a little bit better in in Game Three, but he hasn't looked uh, good. Um, it didn't look good at all in, in game two. Gustafson has, has been awful, uh, frankly, uh, played just seven minutes. So the, the Canadians certainly don't have confidence in him. And, and that was seven minutes with uh, power play time, just five minutes, even strength. Um, and so obviously the, the coaching staff, and we've seen him uh, be a liability throughout this, these playoffs. Um, so obviously the coaching staff doesn't have uh, trust in him. Uh, they don't seem to have trust in any of the combinations to even play them together. Uh, it's a third pairing in name only, as uh, as as those uh, the folks who are on the third pair, um, you know, are are matched up uh, from time to time with one of the top four defensemen. Um, so it's 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 awkward, and um, and it's it's uh, uh, must be very taxing, a, a huge burden. On uh, Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie, and Joel Edmondson. Did you say Jeff Petrie? I did. Uh, Jeff Petrie also returned to the lineup in Game 2, much to the surprise of everyone. Uh, He didn't take line rushes. He wasn't on the Canadians' uh, lineup that they tweeted out prior to the game. Uh, It wasn't until the, the official NHL roster hit... Uh, the NHL.com website that everyone said, wait a minute, Jeff Petrie's listed on the roster. Um, and sure enough, there he was. And Jeff Petrie had been uh, out of the lineup since game three uh, of the Winnipeg series. Well, inj- g- sustained his injury in game three of the Winnipeg series um, when uh, he accidentally got two of his fingers uh, caught in an open photographer's hole in the glass uh, that dislocated two of of his fingers, his pinky and his ring finger uh, on his right hand. Um, and so he came back to the lineup. Um, it's not something that's going to get fixed anytime soon, but I, I, he's apparently managing the pain. Um, he came back to the lineup and, and everyone was, you know, sh- stunned and surprised and, and I think happy to see him return to the lineup, but then realized that there was a secondary injury that no one had heard anything about. And that was the fact that the cameras took a close-up shot of him when he comes out onto the ice and... I mean, it was it was very jarring. Um, you thought when you started seeing pictures of it on Twitter that people had just 
photoshopped it or something. But sure enough, both of his eyes um, are so were so bloodshot. Uh, it's not just about having bloodshot eyes. I mean, it looked like they were full of blood from from about half of his eye down. The entire bottom of both of his eyes uh, just looked filled with blood, very red, very puffy. Um, it was frightening to look at, actually. Um, and what I, Rick, what my issue here was I felt that Montreal needed to be uh, perhaps a little proactive before Jeff Petrie took the ice um, about, about this matter. They had to have known that, A, the media and fans would notice and that there would be a ton of questions around it. And instead, um, they they didn't do anything proactively. Frankly, they haven't done anything reactively either. They haven't really given a good explanation themselves. It fell in the lap of of uh, Jeff Petrie's wife, Julie, to take to social media to kind of explain in um, kind of cloudy, vague ways uh, what what was wrong with him. I mean, the Petrie family themselves had been proactive. They, you know, Julie mentioned that uh, they had prepared the his, their kids in advance of seeing their dad because they knew it was going to be such a shock to the system and they didn't want to frighten them. Um, it was just a bizarre situation uh, all the way around. So he was pin, uh, pinned as the villain and the kids were the superheroes. And, That's and- <laughs> That's that's, that's a good way. There. It's a good way to handle it with the with the little ones. And he fit the role perfectly, as you said. His uh, the the eyes both uh, fully uh, bloodshot uh, as well, quite swollen. Mm-hmm. Uh, his eyes were both quite swollen, so there was quite a look uh, to him. Um, he didn't want to say too much after the game. Uh, Dom Ducharme didn't want to say anything about uh, what that was caused by. Uh, so Julie Petrie on uh, her Instagram. Um, um, story page said, uh, no, it's not allergies. No, it's not after a couple of nights in Vegas. No, it's not bloodshot because he's tired. No, they don't hurt or bother him. This is all related to his upper body injury. Um, and she all went on to say that he looks a whole lot better than he did a week ago, which seems really hard to believe yeah. because he looked horrible. Joel Edmondson said the same thing. Yes, he looks scary, but a week ago he looked much worse. Joel Edmondson, his his uh, defense partner. Um, so we still don't know. Now, now Julie seemed to to make the connection between his finger injury and um, and and that eye injury. So we wondered whether it was uh, it had to do with uh, uh, pain injections or something like that. And uh, she said in a follow-up post that came much later. Uh, no, it, it's not that. Uh, it's not It's not about injections for pain uh, or or inflammation. So we're, we really don't know uh, what, what, the, for. what the situation no. is. Uh, we do know that, um, you know, he's not 100%, and, and days off aren't necessarily going to help this kind of injury because of the dislocation. There's probably going to be some... Uh, work that's going to be needed to be done, whether it's surgery or not, we don't know, but uh, that will have to take place in the off season. And right now it's just uh, modifying his glove uh, so that he has some protection there. And um, and, and we saw in the, the, uh, uh, the last game, game two, um, that uh, uh, his first game in 
and he was put in a situation where he had to block a shot. Mm-hmm. He hid his hand under his arm. Yeah, he protected um, himself. And in doing so, he kind of put his, himself in a funny position. And and uh, the the he screened Price. It it went through him, and and uh, it was a goal for for Vegas. So he's not a hundred percent. Um, he's, he's trying to protect it. He's trying to be as useful as he can. And, uh, you know, an 80 or 90% Jeff Petrie is, is better than, uh, some of the options they have. So <laughs> for now he'll stay in the lineup. That's right. Uh, one person who's certainly concerned about, uh, the injury to his hand is Mark Bergevan. Um, Mark Bergevan may not be, uh, very familiar with, you know, the ins and outs of, of what sports photographers do or how they do their job, but uh, he certainly got very interested in the in, the the inner workings and mechanisms of a photographer's uh, photo well that's cut into the glass of of the ice uh, around around the boards of the arena. Um, and if there's one lesson that Mark Bergevin should know by now, it's if you are in an arena and the media is there at the same time, there are eyes on you all the time, and someone's always recording. There's a very amusing uh, video from our friends in TV Aspore, um of Mark Bergevin um, in the T-Mobile Center while the Canadians were practicing fiddling with one of the uh, photo ports. Um, it was it was closed at the time, and he was trying to figure out how in the world to get at this and and uh, uh, trying to open it. Uh, he was texting for help. He was taking photos. Um, he called someone uh, afterwards. So this was something he wanted to figure out uh, in in every way possible. Fortunately, we have someone in this studio uh, who um, one of the hats you wear is uh, is a photographer for our, our game day, uh, for our game action uh, photos. And uh, you've used those uh, uh, photo ports many, many times. I have. They are an absolute necessity for sports photographers. Um you know, the, the glass that surrounds a hockey rink um, may look clear enough when you're sitting in the stands or watching on TV. But trust me, if you've ever gotten down to ice level, you'll know that that glass is anything but clear. Um, and try shooting uh, photographs with a, with a very large um, extended photo, uh, camera lens uh, is near impossible to get a, a clear, crisp picture. It wants to focus on um, drops of water on it, smudges, fingerprints, uh, rubber from pucks hitting it, every anything you can imagine. So those photo holes are the lifeblood of sports photographers. Um, and most of the time, in a normal year, when a, whenever a photographer is not using the photo hole, it is... It's just one of those common knowledge, common sense, common courtesy rules of thumb. The sports photographer knows that when they're done uh, shooting at a photo hole that they then close it back up again. Um, This year, it's a little different um, because of COVID uh, protocols were put in place to reduce uh, a number of different people constantly touching the same piece of equipment in the arena. 
and so rules were established to just leave the photo wells open. Don't close them and open them and close them and open them. Just just leave it open. And that's that's the unfortunate freak accident uh, that led to Jeff Petrie's injury. It's not anything to do with the designer mechanism of a, of, a, of a sports photographer's hole. Um, it's it it just. It is what it is, um, and uh, it's, it's a really unfortunate accident, uh, and, but that's all it is. It's an accident. But apparently Mark Bergevin <laughs> got very uh, acquainted with uh, the mechanisms on how you practically need an advanced degree to get those photo hole- holes open. Um, they're, they're a bit of a, a fiddly thing to have to do. Um, I don't know what's next. I mean, maybe we'll see Mark Bergevin out examining uh, goalposts and, and the boards and um, stanchions, I don't know, but, um, right in the Zamboni, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> uh, but we just hope Jeff Petrie continues to get better and, and hopefully at some point we'll get an actual definitive answer on what's going on with his eyes, because I know everyone is concerned about it because it just looks terrible. It looks awful. Uh, so hopefully we'll get an answer at some point. We're going to switch gears now to the prospect pool, and we'll do a little bit of a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Boy, she sounds great. Who is that? Yeah. Oh, it's me. So thank you. <laughs> um, yes, love to talk a little bit about the prospects. Uh, proud to be the lead correspondent over at the AHL report. Uh, of course, I'm joined uh, there by my colleague, Chris G, who uh, who assists us with uh, some of the Laval Rocket coverage. Um, and we love to talk about prospects and, and keep an eye on them uh, and their journey as they try to make it to the NHL. Uh, so we do have a bit of prospect news, uh, first of which is... Um, a guy who actually had a pretty decent season for the Laval Rocket won't be back on uh, on the ice for the Habs AHL team next year, uh, most likely. Uh, Otto Leskinen, defenseman, has signed a two-year contract in the KHL with Jokerit. Uh, they actually announced he and the Toronto Marlies' Kelly Kassala, uh their signings on the same day at the same time. Um, as I said, Otto Leskinen had a decent season. He was a dependable defenseman uh, for the Laval Rocket, uh, played a few games with the Montreal Canadiens. He certainly has some upside. He's a hardworking blue liner. Uh, but it's apparent that uh, for him to sign a two-year deal in the KHL, uh, that he wasn't confident that he would have much uh, in terms of upward progression if he stayed uh, here in North America for the next season or two. So i say... Uh, Joe Grit is certainly gaining a good defenseman, and uh, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shame on the North American side. Uh, hopefully, we'll see Otto Leskinen back uh, on this side of the Atlantic sometime uh, in the future. Uh, Leskinen's played just six games in the last two seasons with uh, the Montreal Canadiens. He's certainly capable of playing at the NHL level. He had a really good season, and and uh, I liked his game. You know who else liked his game? Yari Curry, uh, wingman of, really? of Wayne Gretzky. Yari Curry is the president CEO of Yokerit. And he said in a statement, uh, Leskinen is a skilled and versatile defender who knows how to move to open up the game. As a player, he's just getting to his best age, and we're really happy that he wants to come to the Jokers to develop and succeed. Well, there's a... There's a- 
There's Note no of endorsement, endorsement for yeah. you. Um, another guy who uh, we have always uh, felt had a lot of potential. In fact, there's some in the Montreal media who had the audacity this year to say, well, before this season, I'm not sure that anyone ever thought that he could uh, potentially be an NHL player someday. And I wanted to just butt in and say, I'm sorry, then you obviously haven't been paying attention to uh, Rocket Sports Media because we've been singing this guy's praises for years. Um, And he got rewarded today. Uh, The Canadians signed a new NHL deal for Lucas Vadimo, a one-year two-way contract. Could not be happier for the young man. Uh, Vadimo has had uh, probably his best pro season uh, to date this past year. He's really come up with his confidence come up with his strength of play. Joel Bouchard uh, relied on him a lot in the forward core, particularly in the second half of the season when there were a lot of injuries. There were a lot of... Uh, the lineup looked completely different towards the end of the season, and and Lucas Vedomo was one of the uh, consistent pieces of the puzzle. Um, he's a very, very strong forward uh, and absolutely deserves this contract extension. And I can't wait to see, after the year he's had this year... Um, I can't wait to see what he does with the off in the off season, and I really look forward to seeing what what he comes to training camp in the fall with. Uh, I think that he will try to to make an argument for himself. Great season, thirteen points in twenty seven games, but he's a he's a uh, two hundred foot player. He he'll very good defensively, good on face offs, and uh, has good hands to be able to chip in uh, the offense as well. This season, we saw him take his uh, game up a notch and and he played a far more mature game uh even got involved a little bit more physically than he had uh 25 years old uh he could be an option in the fall uh for the fourth line for the montreal canadians absolutely uh so i can't wait to see what happens there um and uh congratulations to venomo on that new contract Uh, Speaking of new things to look forward to in the fall, uh, the Canadians ECHL affiliate is uh, all set to debut in Trois Rivières this this, uh, upcoming hockey season. It'll be the first ECHL franchise to ever call Quebec home. Uh, And uh, as you know, I believe you and Joseph uh, mentioned last week, they had uh, just recently launched their team name. They are the Trois Rivières Lions. Uh, But this week they had some more news. Uh, They announced the franchise's very first head coach, and that is former NHLer Eric Belanger will come in uh, as the first bench boss for Trois-Rivières this fall. Um, Rick, it's an interesting move. Uh, He does have coaching experience, but this will be his first coaching position, coaching pro hockey. His experience is in the AAA midget, uh, and so this is a big jump up for uh, Eric Belanger, um, he has been, he, he was a teammate of uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron, who is the GM of the uh, uh, the Lions, mm-hmm. uh, also a teammate of Scott Mellenby, so well connected there, he's kept in touch, and uh, they're going to bring him in and, and perhaps uh, uh, surround him with uh, some experience in the assistant positions. And uh, and then uh, try and groom him as a uh, as a coach in the Canadians organization. Habs fans and Laval Rocket fans have lots of questions about uh, Trois Rivières. Uh, you know what's what's it going to be like? What's uh, 
what's what about the coaching? What about the assistant coaches? What about the building? What lots of questions? You got lots of questions. Well, we have lots of answers for you. In fact, uh, I am highly going to encourage you to tune in to Tuesday's episode of the press of the press zone podcast uh, over on AHL report. Uh, Rick and I will be joined on Tuesday for an exclusive interview with Trois Rivières. Uh, President and CEO Mark Waitman. And uh, Mark is going to to join us and he's got lots and lots and lots of information that he's going to talk to us about uh, the history of of the community there in Trois-Rivières and the importance of the impact of having the team there, the team name, uh, the significance and importance of being an affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens and and how the systems uh, will work uh, in 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 contingency with one another and with Laval uh, being part of that system and, and also talking about, uh, quite a bit about what fans can expect to experience when they go to see a game in Trois Rivières. It's a really fascinating conversation, lots of information. Uh, you won't want to miss that on Tuesday on the Press Zone Montreal. So uh, be sure you're subscribed to not only this podcast, just look down at whatever podcast player you're currently listening to this in and make sure you're subscribed, but also be sure you're subscribed to the Press Zone. You don't ever want to miss an episode. We've got lots of uh, great exclusive interviews lined up all summer long. Um, and of course, always be sure you've got uh, in your internet browser, ahlreport.com bookmarked because you never want to miss any of the content we're putting out at the AHL Report regarding the prospects. Um, Rick, I know we just did an injury report for the players. It's not very often that we have a, 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 a medical update uh, for the coaching staff, but oddly enough, for the second consecutive year, the Canadians find themselves find themselves without the services of their head coach for some length of time uh, during their playoff run. It's it's a it's a mind-boggling that it can happen two years in a row with two different head coaches, but here we are. Uh, the news came out yesterday that um, there was a presumptive positive test result of Dominic Ducharme's uh, before leaving Las Vegas. Uh, and then upon further testing yesterday, the positive test result was confirmed. Uh, Dominic Ducharme immediately uh, sent to home to isolate. Um, and so uh, that means that uh, Luke Richardson was uh, promoted to head coach uh, temporarily to replace him. Uh, it meant that Luke Richardson then could not also be in charge of the defense. So Sean Burke, the goaltending coach, was brought in behind the bench. A little bit of uh, coaching uh, musical chairs happening to uh, to fill the gaps. All happening on game day. Uh, quite a flurry of activity, quite a bit of craziness yesterday. Um, and uh, just, wow, uh, it's... Again, I repeat the expect the unexpected in this in this odd, odd, odd year that we are living in. A bizarre uh, type of story, and and no one seemed to know which direction it was going to go in. Many were thinking this was uh, a problem with the test, and that there would be uh, false positives announced. It, it wasn't that way. Um, the word they used uh, quite often was irregularities. There were irregularities with. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Dominic Ducharme's uh, test in uh, before leaving Vegas. There was irregularities with his morning test when they returned to Montreal, and so we had to wait to the afternoon till it was confirmed that those irregularities were indeed a positive um, uh, result for his uh, his COVID test. 
And so, yes, just like the uh, the Toronto bubble where Claude Julian had some heart issues in the series against Philadelphia, it was Kirk Muller, uh, the associate coach, who stepped in then, this time um, assistant coach in Luke Richardson. Uh, Luke Richardson, um, he had uh, some experience, and, and that experience goes back a few years, uh, being a, uh, a head coach in the AHL uh, for the Binghamton Senators, and um, and so it's been a while, but he was back to running a bench again for uh, Game Three, um, and uh, just uh, now I, I should say we we should say that Dominic Ducharme is uh, reportedly feeling well. Um, he had uh, his second dose of uh, the vaccine on uh, June 9th. Um, now that doesn't make you, you know, we've seen. People talking about uh, total immunity, complete immunity—that—that—that's just—that's just false. Um, after your second dose, it, it's going to take two to four weeks for uh, antibodies to build in your system, and even at that, the efficacy of the best vaccines is is just ninety-five percent. Mm-hmm. So um, there's still a, a chance of of getting uh, the uh, the coronavirus, uh, but it's. Uh, Hopefully, uh, less symptoms uh, and and less impact uh, now that he's been um, vaccinated. We have no um, we have no way to predict how long he's going to be out. Um, uh, Luke Richardson was asked on Saturday morning the timeline for his return, and he said he just he doesn't know, and that's because it's going to be the the the, the medical staff of the Canadians. Uh, the the medical officials with uh, the the NHL and with the the, the province uh, that are going to decide uh, when it's safe uh, for Dominic Ducharme uh, to return. It could be up to uh, ten days uh, before he's able to rejoin the team. The unfortunate part of this process is um, contact tracing is is going to be a little uh, edgy. For the next few days, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know yet if this is. We hope this is going to be an isolated case, um, but we do not know if other coaches or, God forbid, some of the players start popping up with positive test results. That would be a, a disastrous thing to have happen at this stage. Um, that's in terms of hockey and also just for their health in general. Um, you know, I'm. I've been critical throughout this entire uh, odd NHL season of just about every coach behind the bench uh, when you no matter what game you watch this this whole season uh, most of the coaches seem to have a general uh, uh, procedure of removing their masks whenever they need to talk to anyone behind the bench which completely defeats the purpose of wearing one um that mask is not just to protect you it's to protect everyone else that you're breathing on or spittle or you know close proximity and so on and so forth dominic ducharme uh is an egregious uh mask puller offer uh he has it hanging down around his chin most often uh getting right uh over the shoulders of his players to talk to them or talking to other coaches so i'm i am keeping fingers toes everything crossed that uh, this will be an isolated incident and that uh the rest of the team and the rest of the coaches and staff uh, will remain healthy as well but rick um it's going to be a, a tense f- probably the next week uh watching that covid report every day um we got apparently got through today but 
every day is going to be a bit nerve wracking. For sure. And uh, so that 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 how are the Canadians going to use their their um, coaching brain trust? And and you mentioned Sean Burke. Uh, he's the goalie coach, uh, but he was pressed into service uh, to be on the bench and uh, took over from Luke Richardson, who was managing the 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 uh, entire bench. Uh, to manage the defenseman. And that's not as simple as as rolling out the first pair, second pair, third pair. As we mentioned earlier, that third pairing is kind of mix and match. Uh, put them in here and there with the top four defensemen. So it was a bit of a, an adjustment for um, Sean Burke, and, and uh, he relied uh, um, to get through that uh, for, with the help of, of, uh, Sean, of Shea Weber and uh, some of the others. So it's uh, everybody's having to adapt and having to adapt uh, not at at the beginning of the season, but uh, in the midst of a a hard fought battle, um, the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Interestingly, uh, no time was wasted yesterday. As soon as it was even a possibility that Ducharme had tested positive, we didn't have confirmation yet. It did not take long for people to start. What about Joel Bouchard? Joel Bouchard? Joel Bouchard? Joel Bouchard? Um, Which, I mean, Joel Bouchard isn't one of the NHL coaches. So (laughs) people thinking that he's going to jump the line, uh, maybe a little premature. But uh, sure enough, Mark Bergevin was even asked uh, at his press conference yesterday prior to the game. Um, But Bergevin... Didn't say too much about it other than, nope, the, I've told you who's going to be behind the bench uh, for game three, and, and that's what we're going with. So with respect to Joel Bouchard, um, his role, as we've been told, during the playoffs is to manage the Black Aces and and keep them um, uh, motivated, keep them in condition in case they're needed to jump into the lineup. So he technically... This wasn't answered. Uh, we wish it was answered by Mark Bergevin, but technically, uh, he Joel Bouchard should be part of the bubble, and so might be available uh, to be to be called up and inserted. Uh, the difficulty there is uh, the others. You know, particularly uh, Luke Richardson. He's been on the the bench for every game of the Canadians this season. Joel Bouchard has not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that might upset uh, the apple cart a little bit more. But he does have the experience of of, uh, being behind the bench. And if his talents can be used, uh, I'm sure that Mark Bergevin will will uh, ra- bring him in. Uh, but that all depends on, uh, I guess they're waiting to to find out how long uh, Descharm is going to have to uh, isolate himself away from the team. Certainly had to have been a whirlwind day for Luke Richardson. Um, upon speaking to the press, he, he actually remarked how uh, this, uh, this isn't exactly the way that he envisioned uh, coaching his very first NHL game. You know, I, I, I guess I would have thought my first chance running an NHL bench would be an exhibition game, but uh, it happened to be in a uh, uh, third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in overtime. So it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, we're just hoping to keep this thing going and we get the whole group back together. Richardson is very calm. He's very poised. Uh, so he was the right person uh, to, to uh, put, be put in this situation um, because... 
you know, uh, he, as he mentioned, it, it can be look kind of chaotic, uh, this, this uh, whole process and, and swapping coaches around, but uh, he has a very calm demeanor and, and that would be very reassuring to the team. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is, as you say, you know, chaos. It's a, it's guys getting at the last minute. None of them woke up yesterday morning thinking, oh, I'm going to be playing a different coaching role tonight. So things happened very quickly. Uh, men being asked to, to suddenly perform a role that they weren't expecting to have to do as you mentioned in Sean Burke's case comes something completely different than he even typically deals with on a day-to-day basis as a coach um and so Luke Richardson was pretty vocal about how uh you know they they all banded together to help each other uh you know in addition to the notes that they had had from Dom Ducharme from earlier in the day to get through that first game together but also was was quick to pay credit to the leadership of the uh, as far as the play, as p- far as the players go, uh, who also stepped up to help their coaches uh, navigate through a, a very unusual game day. Yeah, amazing. Uh, you know, they're they're great. You know, Corey Perry has been great all year as a leader and a veteran and a winner, and uh, that's bringing so much to us right now. And you know, you can't say much about our captain Shea. That's what that's what he is, our leader and our captain back there. Uh, but you know, we have a, a real. A uh, good thing going with the group. Those guys definitely lead the way, but they bring everybody with them. They're vocal and they they pick you up and bring you with you. And you can see the other players uh, going with them and being vocal as well. And we're generally a pretty quiet team. I've been here for three years, and I I can feel the the confidence growing, not just in our game, but in our personalities on the bench and speaking up and not being uh, that shy guy anymore. It's about taking charge right now. And those guys have done a great job. Uh, I know Sean Burke said uh, uh, Webby was amazing as he always is back there helping run the show. And, and that's what we rely on. It, it really is the player's time right now. We try and give them a little bit of guidance, but sometimes the players give the coaches a little guidance and help as well. That leadership group uh, led by Shea Weber, Shea Weber, a terrific captain, um, Carrie Price, uh, uh, Corey Perry, Eric Stahl. Those are the folks that stood up in the meeting um, that kind of turned around the the Toronto series, and um, and and they've been instrumental throughout. And and interesting to hear Luke Richardson say that um, you know when when Shea Weber uh, leads and and uh, is vocal, and and we've we've heard from the players that that Shea Weber does it without any kind of ego. That that way he brings along the rest of the team with them and gives them uh, confidence, but gives them the the license to be able to be themselves and and to um, you know help lead uh, their their own lines, their 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 own uh, play. So uh, a really uh, uh, a great leadership core, and it's broadening out to uh, help the rest of the team and the coaching staff. It's a uh, pretty, pretty tremendous, pretty unique. Uh, and as you said, we do not know how long Ducharme is going to be in isolation. And so we, we just wish uh, them all the best of luck, speedy recovery to Dom Ducharme and uh, the best of luck to Luke Richardson and the rest of the coaching staff as they, uh, as they move forward in the series. Um, before, uh, to, just kind of to wrap up uh, this segment, just a, a, a few 
news items that we wanted to touch on. The first, of course, is that uh, there were a few more fans in the Bell Center for Game 3 than there was during the series against Winnipeg. Quebec Health Ministry uh, permitted an increase in the maximum attendance to 3,500 as opposed to 2,500. So there were a thousand extra fans in the building, um, which... I mean, that's great for Habs fans. It's great for for the Canadians just to know that there's a thousand more fans in the building. But um, unfortunately, when you compare it to uh, the way the fans and the game presentation production folks at T-Mobile Arena pretty much blow the roof off of that place every single night, uh, it's hard to compare the two. Um, On top of that... I was actually struck, I said it out loud, uh, watching game three, I expected, you know, obviously the Bell Center is is not going to sound like T-Mobile Arena until the Bell Center is at maximum capacity. But I expect the, the 2,500 fans during the Winnipeg series were, were decently loud. Uh, they still had some of the piped fan noise coming through, but you could, you could hear the fans in the building during that series. So with a thousand more of them, I expected to, to really start to kind of feel that fan energy uh, in this, in this first game home game of this series. Um, and I was actually quite disappointed to get the exact opposite. Um, the Habs trailed for all but the last two minutes of regulation in this in this game. Um, and they were not playing well. They looked like they needed a pick-me-up. And I was very surprised by the lack of boisterous fan sounds. Uh, no, not really a whole lot of enthusiastic go Habs go chanting. Um, I am the first to say I am not a fan of the Olay song, but I would have expected to hear a bit of that to try. And, and unless you just couldn't hear it on TV, it sounded awfully quiet in the Bell Center last night. No, it was, it was quite quiet. And we talked about it in our Rocket Sports Slack group, um, you know, the, in the in in the previous round, uh, the, the the quote was, uh, "Well, there's 2,500 in the building, and we're going to sound like 25,000." And um, okay, oh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, but but as you said, with the 3,500, um, it was really quiet, uh, really quiet. Mm-hmm. Now the the Canadians uh, didn't give the team a lot to cheer about. Um, for the, you know, the, 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 the golden Knights were so dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- we've heard, uh, th- that, uh, players have said how, uh, fans can inject energy into their team. And, and when, um, you know, when, when teams are having trouble, when players are having trouble getting things going, uh, that boost of energy from a, a loud building, from a, a go Habs go. We, we heard, uh, I think, a louder go Habs go uh, chant from the the Habs fans that were in T-Mobile Arena for the first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans seemed to be more enthusiastic about booing Ch- uh, Pacioretty and taunting Flurry than they were cheering for their team. And and maybe they're just out of practice. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe. It's, it's just been too long. But but. Uh, uh, you know that that 3,500 fans isn't likely to change going forward. Um, we, we can't we can't compare uh, we can't compare the, the Bell Center to to T-Mobile right now. We just we just can't those 18,000 fans. Uh, we can't 
we, we Quebec is in a different situation um, that uh, that much further behind on the the vaccine rollout um, and and uh, so there has to be a more cautious approach but we need the fans that are in the building uh, to provide a bit more energy for the players I will I will say that I have a bone to pick with the with the constant booing of Max Pacioretty. Um think what you will of him as a player uh, think what you will of of the the manner of his exit from from the team but he is a former captain of the Montreal Canadiens and I call me crazy but I just feel he need, deserves a little bit more respect than the incessant booing every time he touches the puck but that's just my two cents Max Pacioretty was a, a very good captain at, at a difficult time he did more for community uh, service than anyone else. Uh, and that includes, um, someone who gets in a whole lot of it more attention. Um, and, uh, Max Pacioretty did not flatly did not demand a trade, uh, from the Montreal Canadians. That was just, uh, that was just a, a nonsense kind of uh, spin that was put out there. So Max Pacioretty would have loved to have stayed in, um, in Montreal. Now, having said that, He's been fantastic for for Vegas. He has, and Suzuki um, has uh, been exactly what the Canadians need, and is growing into that mm-hmm. uh, uh, first center role. So it ended up being a good trade for for all parties mm-hmm. involved, for sure. Um, and now, if you you know, there's no denying the difference uh, of of number of fans in the building, and there's no one who's more aware of that than the players who are on the ice. Uh, in fact, uh, Carey Price, uh, while they were in Vegas, uh, was not uh, didn't take too much for him to comment on what it was like to play for the first time in over a year in front of a packed house. Oh man, I'm just having the time of my life. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a bit of an adjustment just as far as communication goes, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to play in front of a full building. Uh, this, it's an important clip because we heard emotion from Carey Price, mm-hmm. and and that he, chuckle. <laughs> he has to be very cautious. Normally, this was a different kind of interview because it wasn't done in a. In a press theater, this instead uh, was, and and you could hear from the noise, it was done in the arena uh, after the game, and it, it was in the T-Mobile arena. He said, I'm having the time of my life. This is so much fun to play uh, in front of fans again. Uh, and you you really felt that uh, that emotion that that uh, he loves this time of year. He's uh, very competitive. He wants to win. He wants to take his team uh, to the Stanley Cup final, And uh, but he's just enjoying every minute of it. He certainly is. Uh, and he's not the only player who's been making their voice heard uh, recently. This week, the annual NHLPA players poll results were uh, published. Um, and I'm sure most of our listeners have probably seen uh, a bunch of the results uh, from that. Um, if you if you're um, if you're excited to know that players feel that Austin Matthews is the most fashionable guy uh, in in the league, then uh, you were thrilled to get those results. However, there were two things in this year's poll that I thought were very informative and very intriguing, uh, and it'll it'll be interesting to see what the league does with it. Two aspects of this season were quite different than any other uh, because of the pandemic, and that was scheduling and divisional alignment. Um, And the players were asked first 
Um, what did you think of the scheduling in terms of the fact that to reduce the amount of travel for the safety of the players, um, you played in little mini series uh, throughout the season. You know, you'd play two or three games against the same team, kind of like Major League Baseball does, um, before going home or, or hitting the road to play another team for two or three or more games. Um, and the players pretty much resoundingly um, approved of that. Their their response in this poll was that they liked that. I'm, I, I imagine it's for a number of reasons. One of them is, you know, a, a, it's a bit easier on the travel, which means they have more time uh, to rest and recover at home. But on the flip side of that, uh, they were asked, what about the regional division alignments? You know, having the all-Canadian division, having, you know, and they, without vast majority said, nope. Don't like it. Uh, so don't expect to see an all-Canadian division again uh, or, or you know, a division that's made up of nothing but exactly on the West Coast and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you're, the, the players were not fans of that at all. But it'll be, it will be interesting, Rick, to see if, if the league decides to incorporate that, that kind of series-type uh, schedule a little bit in seasons going forward. Yeah, and I think there was um, universal between players – management fans, uh, lots of support for, for that idea. As far as Canadians that appeared in the NHL PA poll, uh, Shea Weber uh, in there for best shot. He came third in the NHL uh, players poll, uh, still a, a well-respected uh, shot. And uh, in goaltending, it was simply asked, who's the best goaltender? Uh, Andre Vasilevsky uh, at the top of the poll, a virtual uh, statistical dead heat for second between uh, Mark Andre Fleury and Carey Price. Um, that was the uh, uh, that it ended Carey Price's uh, reign in this poll that had gone on three years. Now the questions have varied from year to year, and, and typically um, the question was uh, they asked who would you want. Uh, uh, in the net, uh, in in a one game winner take all game seven situation, and the players all uh, would uh, it was heavily in favor of Carey Price, and you can see why given what he's doing in in these playoffs. A little bit different question asked this year, uh, but Carey Price still in the mix. Absolutely. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. Um, we've also been getting the the award winners for some of the NHL awards. Uh, those have been announced uh, here and there throughout the, this this playoffs. And of course, the finalists for the Jim Gregory Award for GM of the Year were announced this week. Uh, Mark Bergevin is one of the three finalists, along with. Uh, Lamorello and Zito. Uh, and uh, so, of course, lots of buzz in Montreal with uh, MB uh, getting the nod as one of the finalists. I'm I'm not exactly, I, I don't know. I'm, I have mixed feelings on it. I'm, I'm happy for Mark Bergevin for him to get the nomination again. Um, however, I also don't agree with uh, some of the things uh, he's done with the roster. Some of the, he's done some great things as far as uh, acquisition and, and so forth for the roster this year. There's been some also, I think, some very questionable decisions. Uh, so I'm a little torn on this one. Well, and, and Mark Bergevin has benefited uh, that this is the only award uh, that, that uh, t- accepts votes um, after the second round of the playoffs, most times uh, the votes are due in by the end of the regular season. If you asked, um, you know, at the end of the regular season, and this is an award uh, um, award that's voted on by 
um, executive of the NHL by uh, fellow GMs and uh, select media members. Um, if you asked at the end of the season, Mark Bergevin is nowhere on the radar. The Canadians mm-hmm. finished 18th this season. Uh, it was a disappointing season until they got to the playoffs. The Canadians backed into the playoffs. Um, but, uh, you know, he benefited from the fact that it was asked at the end of the second round. And of course the Canadians have surprised and, and that's on the back of Carey Price. So, uh, Mark Bergevin owes his success if, if, uh, he is chosen, um, to one person that's Carey Price. The others, uh, nominated, uh, Bill Zito's done a phenomenal job in a very short period of time in, in Florida and Lou Lamorello has done a Lou Lamorello job in, <laughs> in, uh, in, in, on Long Island. Um, who isn't here? Who got snubbed? Um, there's a few. Uh, Julian Brisebois in Tampa for sure. J- Joe Sackick, who had the best regular season team uh, in Colorado. Don Waddell uh, with a limited budget in Carolina. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this this plays out, uh, and maybe uh, because of, of the surprise success that uh, Mark Bergevin has a chance. He has a chance. I'm going Lamorello here. All right. That's what I'm thinking. One last item before we, uh, we take our first break. Uh, we're going to circle back here to Luke Richardson because there was something non-hockey really related um that happened at the end of the game uh that we we wanted to to be sure to to put a shine a spotlight on and and make sure that people were aware it it had happened um and there was a little confusion in the media about it as well so want to make sure that everyone has has the correct story for it after the after the habs won an ot in game three uh as players were were heading uh off the ice and down the tunnel into the dressing room and and the the coaches were leaving the bench area to do the same. You saw Luke Richardson uh, kind of put his hand on his chest uh, and look up and then kind of reach over and and tap the lapel pin that was on his suit jacket. Um, and although he was still wearing his mask, uh, then brought his hand up from the, the, the lapel pin to um, to his mouth over over the mask to kind of kiss his, his hand and, and tap his lapel pin again and, and look up uh, at the ceiling. Um, and it turns out that that was in honor of uh, his late daughter, uh, Darren. Uh, the lapel pin that he wears is uh, for the DIFD movement. It's the Do It For Darren movement. It's an organization that helps to raise awareness for... Um, youth mental health, um, and, and suicide prevention. Um, and the Richardsons lost their daughter, Darren, about 10 years ago. Um, and it was obviously a very emotional, uh, day for Luke Richardson and his family, um, getting suddenly thrust into this head coaching role, uh, unexpectedly. Um, and, to top it all off, it's an overtime win. Uh, and to see in that moment, the first thing that he thought of was his daughter and wanting to, to, 
to just make a gesture to pay tribute to her uh, was very touching. Um, and Luke Richardson spoke about how the whole evening really was a, a special moment for his whole family. Uh, you know, our daughter Morgan's in Boston, and um, fortunately with uh, uh, the world restraints right now, she uh, otherwise she'd be here with us at the game. But um, she's a high school teacher down in Boston doing uh, great work. So we're proud of uh, both the girls and uh, definitely um meant a lot uh you know all of us being together darren in our hearts and uh morgan we're thinking of her as well uh not being able to be here so uh you know stephanie i enjoyed uh the evening and uh took it all in and uh it's definitely very special luke and stephanie um away from their children um and uh but uh, raised a glass after the game to uh toast um his uh first nhl head coaching win a special evening for the entire family. Um, and as he said, Darren in his heart and and uh, daughter Morgan in Boston. He actually went on uh, beyond that to, to just talk about um, the, the the motivation and what it was for him to to for that to be the first thing he did as 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 the Canadians won and he was exiting the bench to to make that gesture and, and remember Darren in that moment. You know, we lost our daughter, Darren, 10 years ago, and it's, uh, you know, it feels like a long time ago, but it's sometimes it feels like yesterday. So, um, you know, we always support uh, the foundation um, that, uh, or the movement that was created, uh, DIFD, Do It For Darren. And um, it's about raising awareness to youth mental health, and it's important uh, discussions that we need to have with our youth uh, to prevent, uh, you know, youth mental health and suicide. So, uh, you know, it's it's not an easy conversation, but uh, we're proud of what the organization has has done, and um, and helping other people. And uh, you know, Darren is always in in my hearts and in our hearts, and she was a big hockey player as well. And uh, I just thought it was uh, you know a perfect time to pay a little tribute to her because we definitely miss her. It's I think it's it's interesting when coaches or staff members uh, who who maybe don't typically have the spotlight because the head coach does. Uh, when they suddenly get put in the spotlight, you you start to learn things about them that you didn't know. And I think there's a lot of fans and media members who uh, look are looking at Luke Richardson differently today than they did 24 hours ago uh, because of this news. And it, it was a it was just a very emotional and touching and touching thing to witness and to hear about today. It was a special moment for he and his family. Uh, we know that they're going to be uh, continuing their support of of Luke as he uh, continues on as many games as he's going to and uh, we'll be watching as well. Um, what we're going to do now is take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Still to come, uh, we are going to tackle the big topic segment where we're going to Rick and I are going to talk about this uh, as as we're calling it this unlikely magical playoff run that the Ma- Montreal Canadiens are on um, and what it's taken to get them to this point. So we're going to talk about all of that coming up next after this commercial break. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team visit allhabs.net and click the join our team tab today 
In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Amy Johnson, your guest host uh, today uh, for this episode. You can know you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, joining me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. Uh, and why not follow this podcast as well? Follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, in this segment, we are going to tackle the big topic. Uh, you know, if Rick, you had just gotten done talking about how, uh, if the voting for the GM of the year award had been done at the end of the regular season, uh, Mark Bergevin wouldn't have even been a blip on the radar probably, uh, because of, of, of how poorly the Canadians ended their regular season. Things were not trending in the right direction for them. And at that time, um, we, I remember we even talked about on the press zone how we literally called it the Canadians limping into the playoffs. They made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. Um, and frankly, it was just because of the way things worked out with playoff positioning in this pandemic situation that they managed to get in. So no one thought that they would get past Toronto. Toronto was very strong this season. Uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Um, there were not many who had faith that, that they would beat Toronto and then they did. And after that, um, it was okay. Well, you know, they beat Toronto, but the, the bigger story seemed to be less of, oh my gosh, the Habs beat the Maple Leafs. It was more about, oh, there the Maple Leafs go again, yet again, not being able to get past the first round. And that seemed to be more of the focus. Uh, then they moved on to the second series, and it was, okay, Winnipeg has had nine days off because they swept the Edmonton Oilers. They they did the same, you know, they took care of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and, and they've had nine days to rest, uh, and they're going to be a force to contend with. Uh, this time, uh, there's a there's a better goaltender at the other end of the ice with Connor Hellebuck. Um, and uh, no, really, uh, now now this is going to be, you know, the Canadians aren't going to have their way with, with the Jets like they, like they did uh, to come back and win the series against Toronto. Well, unbeknownst to anyone, what was about to happen was the Jets were about to get swept by the Canadians and be out in four games. Um, 
So surprise after surprise. So now we get to this series against the Vegas Gold. You knew whoever it was going to be, whether it was Vegas or whether it was Colorado. Um, the, the general theme was, okay, they made it through the first two rounds, but there is no way they're making it past Vegas or Colorado. It's just not going to happen. These teams are entirely too strong. Um, and, and that, that narrative continued um, and those that supposition continued after the game one when Vegas did what Vegas does and, and they absolutely dominated and, and they handily won that game and it looked like, okay, start, start packing up because the Habs are going to really struggle. And then they managed to turn around and win a game in Vegas and then after one of the worst games I've seen them play in recent weeks – they get a lucky bounce and then manage to take that lucky bounce and that momentum and and translate into the, that into an overtime win. And suddenly now they're leading the semifinals two to one in the series. Um, Rick, it's just been as you as you put on our show agenda today, an unlikely and magical playoff run. It's not something anybody could have predicted. Um, and uh, I think we're just all here living living in it to see what happens. <laughs> It's it is magical. It is unlikely. It's um, you know the the Canadians weren't expected. The, the Canadians were expected to be swept by uh, the Leafs um, and 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 more so uh, by Vegas. There was lots of people uh, you know on social media in a joking way. Vegas in three, um, right. <laughs> and um, because the. The, the narrative was that the North was so much weaker and, and that the Canadians had finished 18th in the uh, regular season that, um, you know, Vegas was the top team tied with Colorado, uh, that, that the Canadians had absolutely no chance. Um, and, and, and really, uh, it seems like the only reason is, uh, has been Carey Price. And, mm-hmm. and speaking of, of, uh, you know, looking at awards after the the the, the second round, uh, do you want to have a revote on the Vezina? Um, yeah. Carey Price has been m- m- the saves he's made have been absolutely miraculous, and and one save would be one of those saves would be the story of the playoffs. Whether it was the the Marner save or the um, uh, Spezza save in in uh, the first round or the saves on uh, Ehlers in in the second round, uh, this round against uh, the saves he's made on Martinez. It, it, People had to watch in slow motion to understand what even which body part he got on the on the play. <laughs> the the amazing save uh, against uh, Alex Tuck last night that had uh, Mike McKenna, uh, former NHL goaltender and now analyst goaltender analyst, uh, just raving and and breaking down frame by frame what. Carey Price would have to do with his body in order to accomplish what he did, and 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 he, Mike McKenna was still marveling at at that save that he made. Um, he's doing something that uh, uh, you know that that no one thought possible. But you know, we think back to Pittsburgh didn't want to face Carey Price in a three game, so they they made the Carey Price rule uh, in the return to play. Uh, uh, segment last year, he's doing things that um, that that are amazing, and uh, it's a real shame that that uh, Canadians fans can't enjoy the play of some 
Canadians fans can enjoy the the play of Carey Price and particularly some of these media driven uh, narratives that are, are are just mean and false and 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 dumb. Uh, you know, the, the, we heard from folks uh, in the media, in the mainstream media, the beat reporters that were were um, you know advocating that Jake Allen start uh, the playoffs. That was nuts then and, and seems ludicrous now. <laughs> um, you know, Carey Price uh, had, if you go through uh, month by month by month, he was tremendous in March and that push in March and all of his wins and, and his 940 uh, save percentage are the reason that the Canadians made it to the playoffs and then he's been, been much better. Um, you know, you try to look, you try to look for other reasons. You look at the Canadians penalty killing has been, um, uh, superb in, in, the playoffs, but when you break it down, uh, teams are still getting their chances. Again, it's Carey Price, Carey Price with, uh, a ridiculous 948, 943, uh, save percentage, uh, on the penalty kill, the closest to him in the playoffs is uh, 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 Grubauer with 882. Like it's a it's another universe that he's mm-hmm. playing in, um, and he's carrying his team and he's giving confidence to his team uh, that that they really have a chance to do this. The thing is, you know, you mentioned Mike McKenna commenting on this, and um, we've even covered Mike McKenna towards the end of his career when he was playing in the AHL. Mike McKenna is a is a, a goaltender at heart. He's had quite a journey. Um, and in fact, he actually now works for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's part of their broadcast team uh, in studio. They're one of their in-studio analysts. Um, and you mentioned him um, being so complimentary and just tweeting out frame by frame of of what... Pre- Listen, to, this is a goaltender breaking down. This is a goaltender who is a studio analyst for the opposition admiring what Price does. And he says, wow, lateral, this is Price, the the save on Tuck. Wow, lateral hop step to the right, arrived on time rather than drifting, which gave him the ability to toss on the brakes and reverse direction almost immediately. Big reach, save on Tuck, toe up, just sick skating, all in caps. Um, That's a studio analyst for the opposition who is just a goaltender's goalie and just absolutely is admiring what he's seeing from Carey Price. I wish every fan of the Montreal Canadiens could be that in awe of what Carey Price uh, does every single night. The physics behind what Carey Price is able to do is is in another universe. Um, he makes saves, and Rick, I know you say this all the time, that shouldn't humanly be possible. Um, and it's it's the fact that he can do that and still be one of the most calm, cool, and collected characters in the crease. Uh, that combination is just lethal for opposition. And his team, it, you know, we can say it, Mike McKenna and fans can say it, but when his teammates also feel that way, that is the key. That's the key to success for this team. Eric Stahl uh, was one of the first ones to step up and say, price is, price is the key here. Kerry has been our best player uh, all, all playoff long, and and you know he's huge for us, and and we know that um, you know he's going to be there for us every single time um, there's an opportunity against, and and for us it's it's staying in the moment and continuing to play. 
staying in the moment, continuing to play because that save is made. So even if we're struggling, uh, we just got to keep at it uh, because he's going to make the the saves and that gives us uh, confidence and we can see that it it weakens uh, the opposition. It, the carry price is able to get in the heads of the opposition. Don't believe Eric Stahl because he's a little newer to the roster. What about Captain Shea Weber? He uh, he had some some similar sentiments to Echo. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, obviously, a uh, huge reason why we've been so successful, and um, no different tonight. Um, I thought we weren't uh, we weren't very good to start. Obviously, they made uh, made a point to, to have a good start, and they were definitely better than us. I thought we got better as the game went on, but uh, without this guy beside us, we wouldn't have uh, had a chance to to do what we did tonight. You need to get on your feet when you're struggling, and Carey Price allows that time, um, and he's done it every single game. Absolutely. He, he most certainly has. Luke Richardson, uh, wanting to give credit where credit is due, knows that uh, if, if nothing else, the team is able to come together and gel around one stabilizing factor, and that's the guy who's manning the crease. Yeah, he's been great, obviously, all playoffs, and uh, the whole team counts on him a lot. Uh, I think maybe the first part of the game we counted on him a little too much, but uh, I thought we got better as the game went along. And he gives us that uh, stability to do that. And, uh, you know, obviously, as much as uh, we're playing for each other, everybody really knows that how special of a goaltender and a a person he is back there behind us that, um, you know, they really play hard in front of him. You just want to play for a guy like that. You want to play harder because Mm -hmm. you see what he's doing. uh, And it's it's uh, that's the strongest bond when uh, team members play for each other. Absolutely. Um, and, and it is reciprocal. Price uh, respects and admires his teammates like they respect and admire him. And, and he's certainly uh, not afraid to talk about how special he feels this locker room is. Uh, we just don't quit. That's pretty much the easiest way to explain it. We, uh, like I said in the last question, we've gone through a lot of adversity and we keep responding well to it. There has been a lot of adversity through the through the, the regular season, but particularly in the playoffs. Um, and Carey Price is using the we, but I think that started with him. I just don't quit. Uh, he doesn't quit on any puck, on any play, uh, and and that that's contagious. Uh, and so that's been adopted by um, the, all the Canadians. And uh, no matter you know when they're down. Um, and, and there's no better example of that than, uh, game three, where it was looking kind of dire. The Canadians weren't, uh, uh, generating a whole lot. And with 155 left in the game, uh, they capitalized on a mistake and you just have to be there to take advantage of those kind of opportunities. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you get to this point in the season, you get to this point of the playoffs and, and you do start to kind of take a step back and say, my goodness, no one expected this to be happening. No one expected uh, to see the Canadians here. Like, what, what has, what pieces have fallen into place to make this happen? What have been the effects of things that happened earlier in the season to get them to this point? Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, a member of the media posed that question to Eric Stahl earlier today. Um, and to his credit, Eric Stahl was having none of it um, and and gave kind of everyone a, a very stark reminder of what the priority needs to be right now for the mindset of the Montreal Canadiens to keep moving forward. I don't want to do that until it's all over. Uh, to be honest, I'm in the moment, and we uh, we got two more wins to get to the dance. That's uh, that's my focus. Clearly, um, it's been a year, 
uh, not just for me, but for people close to me, uh, people that are um, in this league, people on this team. It's uh, it's something else, but I don't want to put that all into perspective until until we get it uh, get it all done. And and you know that's that's my focus. That's what I'm waking up every day to try and do the best I can um to help us so um two more wins to get to the to the real thing obviously tomorrow is a huge huge game for us uh at home um we're gonna we're gonna be better and um keep building this thing it's a really important lesson because uh there's some fans that have said uh listen um we beat the the leafs that's good enough for me anything else is just kind of gravy and they've kind of lost that that competitive uh, nature, to, that push uh, that 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 it's the cup uh, that's the ultimate goal, and and so they're they're looking back, and there's some fans that uh, are looking ahead um, and say, "Tell me how this ends," and and uh, I want to take a shortcut, so I'm going to try to compare this to '93 and uh, find as many similarities as I can uh, so that so that I know that the Canadians are going to end up just as they did in 93. And Eric Stahl is saying, uh, none of that, none of that applies. It's dangerous to, to get into that kind of territory right now. Stay in the moment or and, and maintain that focus because that's what we need to take one step at a time. The other interesting part for me is, uh, Eric Stahl said, um, we, we get to the dance, we get to the, it, it's two more wins to get to the Stanley Cup final. And for him, uh, that's when they've accomplished something. That's when the real uh, competition begins. Um, so I think a really important lesson, and I'm sure he's saying it to um, to uh, his, his younger players in in. Uh, the locker room, uh, but he had a chance to say it to fans and particularly to media. Don't draw any conclusions, stay focused um, and go game by game. That's exactly what we're going to do here at Rocket Sports Media. And that's why you want to make sure you tune in uh, every week and make sure that you're checking allhabs.net to get you ready for each of those games. One game at a time, one shift at a time, one period at a time, and uh, we'll see what happens. We're going to take our final break on uh, the Canadians Connection up next. Uh, We're going to let you have your say, and uh, you certainly don't want to miss that. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 141 of Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, be sure to visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. In this segment, we are going to let you have your say, of course, uh, and just want to do a little bit of a a promo here uh, for a way that we a new way that here at All Habs, we are letting fans have their voices heard. Um, it's actually ha- taking place over on our YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed, uh, it's very easy. Just go to youtube.com slash All Habs, hit the subscribe button, and also don't forget to hit that notification bell uh, because you want to get notified automatically whenever we post new content. That's the easiest way to do it. You don't want to have to remember to, oh, I wonder if Al Habs has put anything out this week. Hit the notification bell. It makes it simple. YouTube will let you know when we put out some new content. And um, typically, most of our content on our YouTube channel is uh, videos from some of our exclusive uh, one-on-one interviews with players and coaches and uh, and staff members in hockey ops and, and so forth. Um, but we have a new segment that comes out uh, on our YouTube channel and at allhabs.net uh, every Thursday. And uh, we have a new contributor uh, this season. His name is Ben Danku. He's a, a passionate Habs fan. Uh from uh, from Canada, he lives in lives in Ontario, um, and Ben brings us a fan reaction video every week. Uh, where, uh, from Ben's standpoint, he he takes you along on the ride of the highs and the lows of following the Habs and being a Habs fan. It's called the Habs Fan Forum, um, and actually, in this postseason, it's another reason why you want to hit that notification bell because. In the postseason, as we know, uh, series don't always go according to plan or according to a schedule. And so instead of publishing every Thursday, uh, sometimes it comes out on different days during during the postseason, just uh, following the the ebbs and flows and the highs and lows of, of each series as is warranted. Now, this week, uh, Ben's Ben's video will be coming out on Thursday next week. Um so you can watch for it there. But for sure, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the All Habs YouTube channel uh, and check out Ben's fan reaction videos. They're a lot of fun. Um, in addition to that, uh, of course, we always hear from our fans on on Twitter as far as social media goes. But our Facebook page, Rick, uh, has just been absolutely bursting at the seams with fan activity. There are so many conversations going on on the, on the All Habs Facebook page Um the fan page every single day of these playoffs. It's just been phenomenal. 
if you're a Canadians fan, a uh, hardcore fan, you watch every game. If you just join, if you're more casual, just join in the playoffs. Uh, or if you're a fan from uh, another Canadian team and you're jumping aboard uh, the Team Canada uh, bandwagon here, uh, we welcome all of you. And uh, the easy way to be in touch with us, first uh, to to uh, get all of our content is at allhabs.net. Uh, and, uh, but if you want to interact with us, it's all Habs on any of the social media platforms, all Habs on Twitter, all Habs on Instagram, all Habs on YouTube and, uh, facebook.com slash all Habs on Facebook. And we've got a huge, uh, community of, of fans, uh, from all over the world. When we do our, uh, check-ins before each game, we, uh, we hear from fans from every single province and territory in Canada, every state in the U S and, and countries uh, all over the world. And, uh, and maybe, uh, there'll be, uh, some fans, uh, from your area. Um, fans send, uh, their pictures in, send, uh, where they're watching from some of their, their, uh, sports caves that they've, they've put together their fan caves. Um, so you want to be part of, of that to, uh, interact with, uh, us interact with other Habs fans. And, uh, typically we have, uh, for, for folks who've liked the page and subscribed to it, we have about 45,000, but that over the playoffs, uh, it's uh, ballooned to uh, an engagement of over a million Habs fans everywhere. Uh, so you want to make sure that uh, you're involved uh, and uh, join the page to to get information, join the page to interact. Uh, we welcome all fans to the All Habs fan page on Facebook. Whether it's Facebook or Twitter, I love it when fans send us uh, their fan photographs, as you say, of whatever gear they're wearing or their or their their fan cave their fan room uh, set up at home uh i will say uh the pictures of of the babies and the pets keep them coming <laughs> we love the cute babies and the cute pets pets in, and habs gear pets and babies and habs gear it's a winner every time <laughs> um so yeah fantastic stuff right there keep all of that coming uh you know if you would like to text us you can always do that uh at 5853 rocket um that is uh, our direct text line that you can certainly submit uh a, a question or a comment uh that way and and rick i actually i think you actually uh had a, a question come in on our text line uh pretty recently that's true uh and we ask you to, when you send us a text 5853 rocket say who you are what your name is and where you're from uh this is from uh, terry from leamington and kind of a, a question maybe we can take a number of different ways this is are the canadians good or are they lucky um, and I, I don't quite know, I, I first said if it's, uh, well, we'll just say it's Terry. I don't know what Terry's referring to there. Uh, perhaps it is that the Canadians have run into an opposition in each case, in each series, uh, opposition injuries to key players. Well, yeah, I mean, it's whether you want to call, I don't know if I would call it lucky because uh, the circumstances that surround uh, each of the each of the occasions that I think you're referring to, Rick, um, some of them are very unfortunate uh, scenarios. Sure. So I, I don't know that they, I would call them lucky, um, but it is it is not insignificant that in each of these series so far for the Canadians in the playoffs, um, 
the uh, at least one big piece of the opposition's uh, weapons, uh, whether it's from their forwards or their defense, uh, has left the series early. We saw it with John Tavares with his unfortunate injury uh, in in the series against the Maple Leafs, uh, a very unfortunate uh, accident, and and certainly hoping he's still recovering, but. To lose Tavares was a big piece of the puzzle for the Maple Leafs. Uh, would that series have been different had Tavares not gotten injured? No one will ever know, but it's possible. Uh, then you move to the Winnipeg series and the unfortunate incident with Mark Shifley and the hit on Jake Evans. Uh, and then Mark Shifley ends up getting suspended and the Jets can't survive in the series long enough uh, to to outlast Mark Shifley's suspension. And so you've got um, Shifley out of the picture and uh, Paul Stasny and DeMello on the back end, uh, particularly for Winnipeg, which uh, if there was one area that they don't have a lot of depth, it's on their de- on their defense. To lose DeMello was a big piece of the puzzle. Um, and so there were really a lot of opportune um, things as far as the opposition's roster that went in the favor of the Canadians in that series. And now in this series, you see Chandler Stevenson, the 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 one C for for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, did not play in game two, did not play in game three. Um, and so you've seen Pete DeBora have to do a little line shuffling. You had um You've had a couple of different guys take take that center spot on the first line, uh, trying to to fill that hole. Um, but it's yet again, um, while it's not necessarily lucky for anyone to get injured or or be suspended or any of those types of things. Um, you know, players and coaches talk all the time about uh, in losses. Oh, well, we didn't we didn't take advantage of our opportunities. Or sometimes in wins, they'll say we did take advantage of our opportunities. And this is a case where opportunities have been handed to the Montreal Canadiens in every series, uh, whether they're unfortunate opportunities or not, they're opportunities nonetheless, and the Canadians have benefited from them each time. Now, we're, it's yet to be seen uh, how long Chandler Stevenson will be out, and it's yet to be seen uh, if if this opportunity with, uh, with one of their top players out of the lineup will culminate in a series win for the Canadians, but it's certainly... Uh, a common thread that has followed the Habs throughout this playoff run. With respect to Chandler Stevenson, may not be a household word be, or, uh, name because he plays out uh, in in the West, uh, but he's a key piece. He is their number one center and a key piece between Pacioretty and Stone. Uh, there's word that he did not accompany uh, the Knights to Montreal, um, suffering uh, reportedly from a concussion, a hit by uh, Ben Sherrod in the second period of game one. Um, this is a team that uh, has a lot of depth uh, at at almost every position except center. So this this uh, has hurt uh, the Golden Knights. I mean, they're still a powerhouse of a team, and they still have uh, can do some shuffling. Uh, but this is a situation where the Canadians have to take advantage of the situations that are presented to them. They absolutely do. So, uh, good question. I hope that we answered it. I hope that's, <laughs> I hope that's what Terry was getting at. Um, but it's uh, regardless, it, it brings up a good point and and one that we could could focus on there for a bit. Um, so that's you know, tweet us, uh, 
get, join the conversation on Facebook, send us a text, or, you know, uh, you can always email us at info at allhabs.net uh, is the email address. And, and Rick gets fan emails uh, from listeners all the time. And in fact, you had a, a, a really kind of special and unique one uh, that you that you received just today that you wanted to share. Absolutely. We get e- um, emails every single day at info at allhabs.net. This one from Finland. And the uh, subject line just says Jesperi. Um, the the name is Anders Nordenswin. Mm-hmm. Um, now I grew up in Thunder Bay uh, and has uh, supposedly the biggest Finnish population outside of Finland. So I should be better at that. But he says greetings from Finland. Um, you guys always give Jesperi Kotkaniemi a fair treatment on your podcast. Ooh. That's great. We try to give a fair, objective <laughs> treatment to everybody, uh, including Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Um, give Jesperi Kotkaniemi fair treatment on your podcast, which I always listen to, as I'm a firm believer in the superiority of Lahabs all over, over all other hockey clubs. I was born in 1965. Now, I just encourage you to give it a little extra love to this kid who is a very, very long way from home and is truly a kid, but plays a man's game. Sure, he has plenty to learn, but can you ask more from a kid in his age in these games? Uh, we saw him, he played a, a key part in overtime in uh, making that aerial pass uh, that Josh Anderson knocked down um, and has play, been playing very physically. Uh, you can see how truly he aches to make a difference and does not get intimidated by all those mean-looking Mark Stones. Mm. And he certainly does not choke. He's a guy with the face of a teener, teenager, but balls of brass. Well. All right. I could not have said it better myself. I'd probably <laughs> get in trouble if I did. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that very much. Uh, Thank you. That's a great email. Thank you so much. We're so glad you're listening all the way over there in Finland. Uh, we're happy to have listeners uh, both here and on the Press Zone podcast from all over the world. Uh, hockey is a universally loved sport across the globe, and uh, we are we love uh, hearing from our fans who are local and who are far away as well. Um, we just love hearing from all of you, so thank you f- so much. So, yeah, send us a tweet. Jump in in the conversation on Facebook, send us a text at 5853ROCKET, or hit us up on email at info at allhabs.net. We would love to hear from you. And uh, if uh, if uh, it uh, really stands out, you might hear uh, hear us read it on, uh, on a future show. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the future, this is going to be quite a week for the Canadians. Uh, game four tomorrow on Sunday, uh, which is also Father's Day, is a pivotal, uh, I, I think it was... Uh, Eric Stahl, who even said, use that word, it's a pivotal game. Um, this is a big one for, for the Canadians and for Vegas, quite frankly, because both teams are going to know uh, that for game five, going back to Vegas, back to a packed house at T-Mobile Arena, uh, there's going to be one of two scenarios. It's going to be even again at 2-2 in the series, and it's now a best of three, and Vegas has reclaimed home ice advantage. Or... It's going to be an elimination game for Vegas with the Habs having a stranglehold on the series with a 3-1 lead, uh, trying to take it on Vegas's ice. So uh, what happens tomorrow in the Bell Center is going to be uh, really, really telling. Uh, and it's a it's an enormous uh, hill to climb for both teams tomorrow. So that's happening on Sunday the 20th. Uh, then, as we said, Game 5 will take place in Vegas on Tuesday the 22nd. 
If Game 6 is necessary, that will happen back in Montreal again on Thursday, June 24th. So regardless of what happens here with these with these games coming up, Rick, uh, you and Joe Whalen, when he returns to the hosting chair next Saturday, will definitely have a lot to break down. There's a lot coming up this week. It's going to be an exciting show next Saturday on the Canadians Connection. Absolutely. And I did mention in there that Game 4 does take place on Father's Day. Uh, so I want to, of course, uh, first and foremost, wish you, Rick, a happy Father's Day and all of the dads out there, both on our Rocket Sports team and all of the dads who are listeners to the show. Uh, happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, dads play a very important role in all of our lives, uh, and they d- certainly deserve more than just one day to, to show your appreciation and love for them, but make sure you make them feel extra special today. Uh, and uh, if you are a dad, enjoy your day of being a dad. Happy Father's Day, and uh, as you said, be sure to show um, love to the, the men who are important in your lives. Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank Rick and Joseph for uh, inviting me back on the show and allowing me to uh, to temporarily take Joe's chair for, for a week. It's been a lot of fun. Always a pleasure to uh, join uh, you guys here at the Canadians Connection. I will do a shameless self-plug one more time to uh, tune into the po- Press Zone podcast over on the AHL Report every Tuesday. Uh, and regardless of which of our podcasts you're listening to, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Leave us a review uh, if you're if you're so inclined. It really helps to boost us in the search ratings, and more Habs fans are able to find us uh, around the world. And of course, share uh, our podcast on social media. Let's make this community even bigger uh, and and more fun than it already is. Uh, With that, I will uh, say thank you one more time. Enjoy playoff hockey. Happy Father's Day. Buckle up. It's going to be quite a ride this week. And uh, we'll see you back here again next week for another great episode of the Canadians Connection right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.